Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Goodbye, shalom, everyone. How are you? How are you? How are you? I hope your day is going well. We are in, before I say that, I just want to say some announcements. Since I just got my new monitor with the camera connected, I feel like I'm still having the same problem with the in and out of the mic. I even feel like it's worse. So I just ordered a mic and I'm waiting for it to come in, hopefully by the end of this month. Because it's going to come in like next week sometime. Um, today being the 14th. But um, hopefully I can get it together. <laughs> it's only been three years, right? But um, um, I can't help moving back and forth. But I will stay as stationary as I can until I get that mic. And then I guess I can turn my head instead of staying stuck at this desk, which is probably what I'm going to do again. Um, my desk is so small, honestly. This, um, my office is so compact and my desk is small. So I have to do the best I can with what I have. Um, at least I have enough light. And I bought a light that's not going to burn me half to death because that's what has been happening. <laughs> But um, yeah, slowly but surely I'm getting it, people. Slowly but surely I'm getting it. Okay. Um, now I want to tell you we are on the book of Judges outline number seven and that's chapters 19 through 21, which is actually the last of the chapters. Now, next week, y'all willing, which it will be uh, January 21st. We will be starting on roof. We'll talk a little bit about it before I cliff note it. Now, I'm not going to cliff note this. When I look at these chapters, like I told you before, I read the Bible a few times from the beginning to the end. Um, because as someone who walks in the word, you want to know what you're doing. You want to know what's been going on. And each and every time that, anyone, um, even me, reads it, you get more information from it simply because this is the most high talking to you. You will always find something new out um, when you read it. So what I do to prepare for a cliff note, and I already said this, but I'll say it again. What I do to prepare for a cliff note is I will read the whole thing. 
and then I'll cliff note it. Hold on. But this, sometimes when things are very important, they actually need to uh, be read out. Now, I want to give you a little summary of what happened last week, and then I will move forward into just reading this whole thing. We are going to be reading from the Amplified Bible, and uh, which um, Amplified is just regular uh, words, just the regular, it's like the ESV. Uh, but it gives you a little bit more um, King James Version than just regular English. So it's like an in-between, but it still changes words. But I read this so that you can understand what's going on. Why am I reading these last three chapters? Because something is happening with the children of Israel that is really terrible. Okay. Um, and just like I say, um, and I have been saying throughout a lot of my lessons, the children of Israel are hard-headed. The children of Israel are always falling behind somebody else. The children of Israel act like they can't stand on their own. The children of Israel are stiff-necked. They're sottish. They're stupid. Um, the Most High allows them to make certain decisions under his tests and trials. And guess what? They fail. They always fail. So this is just another one of those things before we go into the book of Ruth. The sad thing I told you already is that the children of Israel just do not want to get it together. It's not like um, it's such a hard thing to do. It's just that they are so preoccupied into doing whatever they want to that the Most High says, okay, I'm going to move to the side. I'm going to let you do whatever you want. And you're going to uh, get yourself killed. You're going to get yourself hurt maimed, uh, whatever, in bondage, you're going to do this yourself. I'm not going to do it at all. Your choices are going to get you where you need to be. Um, I know that I have discussed the 12 patriarchs, even though that's not how it's written. Somebody collected the ciphers that these um, patriarchs wrote and they put it all together. But actually, they are separate papers. Within the 12 uh, patriarchs, the patriarchs themselves give uh, the children of Israel a warning. Each brother, which is 12 brothers, tell their progeny how they're going to mess up. Now, how, how terrible it's going to be and what the Most High is going to do to them. Now, I already told you before that the Most High told the forefathers the end from the beginning. They told them everything. And I uploaded every last one of those books. So the patriarch of, I mean, the 12 patriarchs, the testament of the 12 patriarchs are actually on the platform library. And I think it would be very beneficial if you would refer to them because then you'll get a little more of an understanding of why the children of Israel are doing the things that they're doing, what the children of Israel, the particular lines are doing within the line. And the funny thing is, it's not funny. It's very peculiar. But I say funny as in peculiar, not in haha -ha funny. But uh, the peculiar thing is the children, um, the um, 12 patriarchs actually prophesy exactly what the children are going to be doing. So like I'll give you an example. The children of Judah, Judah himself, he says that you're going to be fighting amongst yourselves, that you're going to sell yourself off as slaves. And that you're um, you're going to be like sea monsters. You're going to be taking each other down. 
and you're always going to be messing with women outside your nation and money is going to be, um, you're going to be looking for money over everything. This is what Judah says to his progeny. What are the children of Judah, uh, Judah doing? That's exactly what they're doing. This is a prophecy of um, what they're going to be doing because the Most High told them. They wasn't even born yet and the Most High told them. So this is what the children of Judah, now remember, the children of Judah have been scattered all over. They all doing the same thing. They were selling mama out for a piece of money. And the men, unfortunately, will go to any woman. They will choose any other woman before they choose their own counterpart. This is the sad thing. This is in the Testament of Judah. He is literally saying this. I also did a lesson on it. Um, Judah, what is wrong with you? Judah, what's going on? And I also uploaded that book. So that will be something that you should refer to within this platform library. The more and more that we go into these um, lessons and discussions and lectures, you're going to learn some. And the more that you keep going over and pondering over and meditating on, you're going to be up there. You're going to get some, some real uh, education, spiritual education and spiritual understanding. That's what you're going to get. Because, and then you'll probably be shaking your head like everybody else who understands what's going on because it is a travesty, a literal travesty that these children have so much and they're willing to squander it to chase it for the devil. And this is literally what's going to happen in these um, these last three chapters that I'm reading. So let me just give you a synopsis of what happened last week. You already know Shimshon, who uh, they changed his name and call him um, Samson. You already know Delilah, who was from the Philistines, sold him out, had her countrymen cut seven locks off his head. They, um, the Philistines came, they gouged out his eyes, they made him work, they abused him. They did all this stuff for a long time. It wasn't like one day. They did all this stuff for a long time. And then finally, when they let him out to make a mockery out of him, he killed everybody by pushing down the columns of the building that they was all in. So did the Most High give him, the, the moral of that is, did the Most High give him what he wanted? Yes. He wanted a heathen girlfriend and wife. He got that the most high allowed him. He wanted um, to keep bullying. Well, I can't say bullying people, but he actually did when he was making bets and doing all of these things. So when uh, people was being um, vindictive and, and um, just scandalous and being a scoundrel to him, he turned around and did the same thing. Even though he judged the children of Israel for a certain amount of time, he was still doing things that he should not have done. So the Most High allowed him to have whatever it is, okay? And then uh, he died. Had he been more of a person who was following the Most High's um, stipulations, law, statutes, precepts, and commands, he probably would have lived longer. Uh -huh. And he wasn't a child of Judah. He was in the line of Levi, but they all were sinning. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you listen to each testament of each brother, their um, um, nefarious ways had um, interlapsed. One brother was doing certain things and another brother was doing certain things. And then next thing you know, they was doing stuff that didn't make no damn sense. A lot of it had to do with money, women outside the nation, being scandalous, 
to one another, hating one another. It's all in there. Sleeping with each other's uh, brothers, uh, uh, sons, fathers, concubines. This is the stuff they was doing. And it's terrible. Nevertheless, the most high let them have what they have, and then you're gonna get you're gonna pay for it. Okay, because the most high didn't play them kind of games. He, his laws, what he says, his statutes and precepts, they're not gonna change. Heaven and earth will go away, but not the most high's uh word. So with that being said, let me move forward. I'm just gonna read out the whole chapter because this is the nonsense that the children are doing. This is the complete nonsense they are doing. So I'm reading it right out and I'm reading it from the Amplified Bible. And it says the Levites, a Levite's concubine degraded. Now I need you to listen to what's going on. Now it happened in those days when there was no king in Israel. So we already know that there was no king in Israel. There wasn't no king because the most high was their lot. The most high was there first. And they slowly but surely didn't want to listen. Now remember, they didn't want to listen directly to the voice of the Most High. Remember when they was in the wilderness, oh, we don't want to listen to you because we might die. So the Most High said, okay, all right, all right, that's fair because I am holy and you will probably die if you don't listen to me. So let me put somebody in between me and you. So he, he put Moshe there and Moshe was the, under the line of the priests. So then he appointed all the priests. So that's why the priests, Lot was the Most High meaning that's their inheritance. They are the ones that go to the most high and pray for everybody. And you're going to get the most high's word from the Levites. Many of the prophets were Levites. I'm not saying all, but many of them were. Okay. And even some Kings that were blessed by the most high, many of them received prophecy from the most high. So if you're receiving prophecy from the most high, you are becoming a prophet, even though you are not technically named the prophet. The Most High is going to tell you what's going to happen and it's going to move forward. So you're prophesying. So technically, even certain kings that was under the line of Judah and other people were uh, prophesying. Even Lot prophesied. I'm sorry, not Lot. Even, um, even Job prophesied. And he was Esau, under Esau's line. When the Most High told Job, um, do this and do that, that's prophesying. And he's telling somebody else, that's prophesying. Because remember, the Most High is not bound by space and time. I want to tell you too, like I said, I usually do my lessons late because I'm busy during the day. So you may or may not hear some snoring from my counterpart, <laughs> even though I'm going to try to control it. But some people are very tired tonight. So <laughs> forgive us. All right, I already told you this is pre-recorded, so you're gonna listen. You're gonna hear this on Shabbat, uh, the 14th of January. So let me read it. Now, it happened in those days when there was no king in Israel, and we already know that because the Most High was walking with them, even though they was acting like complete knuckleheads. Okay, and a certain Levite living. As an alien, remember, I'm in the Amplify, so they'll have these brackets with regular technical language in it, even though it's not in the um, scriptures at all, but because it's Amplified, they try to get you to understand as crystal clear as possible, just saying, but they change words. But I feel like this is the most appropriate one to read, so that's what I'm reading. So um, 
A Levite was living as an alien in the most remote part of the hill country of Ephraim, who took a concubine for himself from Bethlehem in Judah. But his concubine was unfaithful to him. Listen, listen, listen. And left him and went to her father's house in Bethlehem uh, in Judah and stayed there for a period of four months. Okay, this one particular um, Levite had a concubine that was not faithful to him and she left him and went live with her father. Then the Levite, who was her husband, arose and went after her to speak kindly and tenderly to her in order to bring her back. Okay? Taking with him his servant and a pair of donkeys. So she brought him into her father's house. He got to the father's house. She brought him in. And when the father uh, of the girl saw him, he was happy to meet him. And this is the Levite. So the father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him. Okay. And meaning, okay, just stay here for a night. I'm glad to see you. You know, small talk. I want you to stay here because I haven't seen you in a long time. That's what the detain is. It's not a negative detain. He wanted him to stay there so that he could um, reminisce and, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. So that's how it was. So, um, and he stayed there with the father-in-law for three days, as well as the daughter. So they ate, drank, and they lodged there, the Levite and his concubine, at the father-in-law's house. On the fourth day, they got up early in the morning, and the Levite prepared to leave. He was ready to go. But the girl's father said to the Levite, strengthen yourself with a piece of bread. And afterward, go your way. Now, I'm going to be stopping every once in a while because I'm going to be talking to the people in the back. And it's all right if you're in the back, honey, because this is school. Some people can't hear in the back. Some people are not getting in it in the back. So me as a teacher and a lecturer, it's for me to make it crystal clear to you so that you understand what's going on. So if the father-in-law is saying, Strengthen yourself with a piece of bread and then afterward go your way. Piece of bread does not mean a literal piece of bread. Piece of bread means, quote unquote, here, eat some food, relax a little more, and then you could be on your way. That's what it means. It don't be, mean a literal piece of bread. That's what I need y'all to understand. Stop taking things literal. Some people don't have the common sense that they supposed to have. It hasn't been exercised yet. You know they don't have the regular common sense because I already said common sense is a muscle. We are all capable of having common sense. But if you do not build that muscle of common sense up, it's not strong. It's atrophied. It may not even be there. You may have to jumpstart it like a car. Anyway, before you can have spiritual discernment, you got to have common sense. Because spiritual discernment is higher than common sense. A lot of people don't have common sense. So this is why I'm breaking things down so that you could develop the common sense. Okay, so strengthen yourself with a piece of bread, meaning food, and afterwards go your way. So both men sat down and ate and drank together, and the girl's father said to the man, please be willing to spend a night and enjoy yourself. He's asking him to spend a night again. Now, remember, he already stayed there three days, the Levite. When the man got up to leave, 
The father-in-law urged him strongly to remain there. So he spent another night there. On the fifth day, he got up early in the morning to leave. But the girl's father said, please strengthen yourself and wait until the end of the day. This, I don't know why the girl's father saying this. Maybe because they haven't seen each other in a long time or whatever the case is. But for some reason, the father is still urging this Levite man and his daughter to stay a little while longer. Maybe he's lonely. It don't say nothing about the wife, uh, the father-in-law or the mother-in-law. So we don't know why. Anyway, so both of them ate again. The, uh, the Levite is saying, okay, you know, this is my father-in-law. You know, I'll just rest a little while. All right, fine. Then the man and his concubine and the servant got up to leave. His father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold, now the day has drawn to a close. Please spend the night. Look now, the day comes to an end. Spend the night here and celebrate and enjoy yourself. Then tomorrow you may get up early and go on your journey home. This is what the father-in-law is saying. But the man was not willing to stay a sixth night. He's not willing to stay. He's ready to go. Now it's time to go because he ain't come there for all that. He came to get his wife or concubine. So he got up and he left and, it, um, and came to a place opposite Jebus, that is Jerusalem. With him were two saddled donkeys and his servant and the concubine. So let's Let's stop for a minute and say, when he was getting ready to leave, it was him, his servant, his, uh, uh, I'm going to say fiance, the concubine and the two donkeys, right? When they were near to Jebus, which is Jerusalem, the day was almost gone, meaning it was turning dusk. So it was getting dark. And the servant said to his master, please, Come and let us turn aside in this Jezebite city and spend the night in it. So basically what's happening, instead of the um, the Levite staying at his father-in-law's house, they got up and left, but they didn't get out of the city fast enough. So it's dark and now they got to go somewhere to relax for the night so they could keep moving. So his um, his um, servant was like, well, let's just go here and we, you know, we could spend the night here instead of staying in the Lord's house. Spend the night here and then we'll get up and leave in the morning. But his master said to him, this is the Levite, the Levite said to him, I will not turn aside in a city of foreigners who are not the sons of Israel. Now listen, I need you to listen. At that time, Jerusalem was not conquered, and they was calling it, uh, well, uh, Jerusalem wasn't conquered, and they was calling it Jebus. I already told you. Remember, the children of Israel wasn't listening to everything the Most High said. Had they listened to the Most High um, earlier in uh, Judges and in um Yeshua, they would have got all the heathens out the land and they wouldn't have to worry about it. But right now they haven't done it. So these people that still occupying those lands worship devils. So naturally, if they worship devils, they're going to be devils. So um, the uh, Levite was saying, you know, I'm not going to stay over here. I don't know these people. Um, we will go as far as Gilbia. Or yeah, Gibeah, Gibeah. 
And he said to his servant, come on and let's approach one of these places and we will spend the night in Gibeah or in Ramah. This is what the Levite is saying. So they passed by and they went their way and the sun set on them near Gibeah, which belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, so they kept moving until they got to the area where Benjamin was. Benjamin happens to be the last son of um, Israel, who is um, Yaakov. He's the youngest son. That's um, Joseph's brother by um, one of the twins. So... Not Leah, it's um, Leah's sister, the youngest one, Rachel. Asia. So they they went into the uh, they went near Gibeah, which belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, that's Rachel's youngest son, and they turned aside there and went in to spent the and spent the night in Gibeah, and the Levites went in and sat down in the open square of the city because no man invited them in the house and spent um, to spend a night. Now, like I said, they're in the land of Gibeah. They kept walking, walking, walking. Now, this Levite just wanted to keep walking because he wasn't familiar with the people that lived in Jerusalem. So they kept walking to Gibeah, which was the land of the Benjamites. Okay, it was the progeny of Benjamin, those children. But when they got there, as you could tell, nobody welcomed them in. Now, this man is a Levite. Uh-huh. He's going to a Benjamite's um, land. Now, they, they're cousins. And nobody welcomed them in. You see how they treating each other? I already told you. This is why, them, this is why they're in the position they're in. And behold, there was an old man who was coming out of the field from his work at evening. He was from the hill country of Ephraim, but was staying in Gibeah. And the man of the place were sons slash descendants of Benjamin. You already know his name is not Benjamin. Anyway, um, when he looked up, he saw the traveler and his companions. That's the Levite, his um, concubine, and the servant with the two donkeys in the city square and the old man said where are you going and where do you come from the Levite replied we are passing through from Bethlehem in the territory of Yahuda which is Judah to the most report, report me, remote part of the hill country of Ephraim now when I say Ephraim Benjamin and all that they all brothers so when you when you hear that, you already know those are the lands that was divvied up by them. Okay, so uh, remote part of the hill country of Ephraim. I am from there. I went to Bethlehem of Judah, but I am now going home to my house. And there is no man in this city who will take me into his house for the night which is very sad because they all related. And the Most High said they're supposed to look out for one another. But do you see them doing that? This is why there was judges. When I start talking about these children of Israel, honey, they could just be as savage as the savages. Just the savage. And they got the Most High. You see how the Most High lets all that stuff happen to them? Because they acting like horses behinds. 
Now, come on, verse 19. Yet we have both straw to feed our donkeys and also bread and wine for me and for your handmaid and for the young man who was with your servant. This is what the man is saying. Come come in the house with me and I, I will put you up for the night. And I got stuff for your donkeys. I got food for y'all just for the night because I'm hospitable and I'm related to you. I know I'm related to you. So I'm going to take you in my house and keep you in for the night. Now, let me just tell you something about night. Ain't nothing good going on at night, especially back in biblical times. If I, and I probably did upload the book of uh, the uh, Apocalypse of Paul or the Apocalypse of Peter, I probably did. It tells you what happens at night. When I did the lesson about um, there's not 24 hours, only 12 hours in a day, I did do a lesson. You can go listen to that. There's proof that there's only 12 hours in a day. At the end of the 12 hours, the angels that watch over you and all that stuff, because you're supposed to be asleep, sir and ma'am. That's why nothing good happens at night. Your angel that walks with you goes up to the most high and reports everything that's going on. So he left you. I already told you there's devils in the air on earth. There's devils um, on land and devils under the earth. They don't go nowhere because they can't ascend. Okay. So you shouldn't be doing nothing at night, especially back then in biblical times. It never changed because these devils never went nowhere. But I'm just letting you know the nonsense that goes on at night. There's also a saying, especially we say in um, New York, ain't nothing open at night but legs and um, something else, probably just legs. But something else supposed to be open too. But yeah, pretty much just legs open. Okay. So that's that with the night anyway so i have food for your handmaid and from the for the young man who is uh with your servant there's no lack of anything this is what the old man saying then the old man said peace be to you only leave all your needs to me and do not spend the night in the open square mm -hmm. so he brought him to his house and fed the donkeys and they washed their feet and they ate and they drank. While they were celebrating, behold, men of the city, listen, certain worthless and evil men surrounded the old man's house. And they started pounding on the door and they spoke to the man of the house, which is the old man saying, bring out the man who came to your house so that we may have relations with him now. What did I tell you about evening? What did I tell you about the night? Only the devils was out at night. I'm going to tell you this too. And then we're going to keep on going. Why did the Most High say it's only going to be a remnant that's going? Only a remnant of Yasharel. Because everybody else is rebels. Uh-huh. This is why um, um, Moses, Moshe, couldn't go to the promised land. Because he was too busy fighting with the rebels and he didn't do what the most high said. So let me just set the scene for you. They in a place of their brethren. Nevertheless, the brethren want them to come out of the man's house so that they can have sexual relations with the men. Number one, that's a sin. That's that's against the law. Number two, why are you being a savage? 
just for the fact that you banging on people's door in the middle of the night, that's bad. Now you banging on the door because you see strangers coming to the land. That's your brethren. You ain't even questioning that, but you want to have relations with them. <laughs> that, that's an old, sexual immorality is a demon. And I say sexual immorality just to blanket the whole demonic sex demons because it's more than one. I just say it to say because I don't want to get into each and every demon that belongs into sexual immorality in the uh, the class of sexual immoral demons. Oh, it's a lot of them. Oh, it's a lot. But this one particular one wanted to have sex with men, men or men. That's a sin, sin, sinny, sin, 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 sinny, sin, sin. Okay. And maybe I'll do a, a, a lesson on that, but not right now. But I'm telling you. Uh, they are banging on this man's door for all kinds of wrong reasons. So anyway, they banging on the door and they said, bring him out. We want to have uh, sexual relations with the men. Then the man, excuse me, then the master of the house went out and said to them, no, my fellow citizens, please do not act so wickedly. Uh -huh. He knows it's wicked. They know it's wicked. At night, banging on somebody's door, talk about you want to have sex with somebody's, some man that you just saw. Enough is enough. So the man in the house said, don't act so wickedly. Since this man has come to my house as my guest, do not commit sacrilege. So my virgin, here's my virgin daughter. Listen, here's my virgin daughter. And this man's concubine. Now, let me stop that right there. You see how they had to appease these lustful, demonic forces that possessed these men? The men came banging on the door to get the two men that was, they didn't even look at the women. They wanted the men, demons, that's possessing these men of Benjamin. The man of the house said, I don't want you to do that because that's a sin. Take the daughters. Take my daughter and take this man's concubine. So two, two of them. All right. He's offering them in place of the men. Actually, he's trying to shield the man that's banging on the door because there's so many. When I say many, 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 many scriptures that talk about sexual immorality, men on men, what's going to happen to them? how much of a sin it is, how much the Most High hates it, what the Most High is going to do to men that's uh, sinning that way. Oh, yes, honey. Oh, yes. I could do at least a two-hour lesson on that. But I ain't. I'm just letting you know it's a sinny sin sin. Uh -huh. It's a part of the 613 laws and a part of the, this is part of the Ten Commandments. Sexual immorality. So, yeah. But it's, it's, legal, it's literally talked about in the 613 laws. <laughs> yes. And then there's prophecies about it. And I'm sure you have not heard these prophecies, honey, because it will curl your toes. A lot of people are upset, and I'm going to keep going, but a lot of people are upset when they hear that homosexuality is against the Most High's law. But you haven't heard the half of what the Most High talks about. Only because you read this Bible, it says that. There's scriptures outside that Bible that tell you exactly what the Most High is going to do with people who act in this manner. You better be glad you ain't heard that. 
Anyway, moving back. Here's my virgin daughter and this man's concubine. I will bring them out now and then you can abuse and humiliate them and do to them whatever you want. This is what the man is saying. You can do that to the women. Oh my goodness. Let me stop that baby. Oh my goodness. Did I not tell you there was a blemish on the women ever since Eve? Did I not tell you that? Oh yes, honey. I'm going to be doing that lesson. I'm going to be doing that lesson. This is a um, this is a um, example of how they regarded women simply because of the sin of Eve. Ooh, and just let just to let you know, Eve was not even her real name. Just saying. Anyway, I'm gonna read it again. Hold on, I'm highlighting it so I don't, you know, if I'm being quiet since you can't see me, I'm just letting you know what's going on. Anyway. Here's my virgin daughter and this man's concubine and I will bring them out and you can abuse and humiliate them and do uh, to them whatever you want. But do not commit this act of sacrilege against this man. This is what he's saying. But the man would not listen to him. Mm, that demon is strong, baby. It's an old, 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 old demon too. Sexual immoral demons. This particular one that wants to have sex with men. Oof. So they didn't listen to him. So the man took the Levite's concubine and brought her outside to them, and they had relations with her and abused her all night. Listen to listen to how savage it is. They brought her outside, he brought her outside to them, and they had relations with her and abused her all night until the morning. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. She didn't have a say in any of that. It's horrifying. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's disgusting. What all of them did when it come down to a woman. Mm, mm, mm. So anyway, at daybreak, the woman came and collapsed at the door. It's a wonder she even got, I mean, she was tore up inside, outside, upside down. Child, I can't even imagine. Well, I can't imagine. This is why I'm so grossed out. But it's terrible. So at the daybreak, this woman came back and collapsed at the door um, of the man's house where her master was, her, her, her master, until it was fully light. Now, they didn't even hear her. She was so out of everything that she just didn't have nothing else in her but to go back where that house was and just collapse. It's, the ter it's so terrible. 27 and her master got up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way and saw his concubine laying on the laying at the door of the house and her hands were at the threshold so when he opened up the door because she must have been laying up against the door when he opened up that door she just flopped on in there he said to her get up and let's go you hear this but there was no answer, for she had died. She took every last bit of herself and went back to that door and died right there. That's how terrible it was. Mm. Then he put her body on the donkey, and the man left and went home. I can't even imagine what the man felt like. I can't, because he went to retrieve her to say, I love you, I want you back, and they abused her to there was no more life in her who does that 
Only a monster would do that. So the man went back home, the Levite. And when he arrived at his house, he took a knife. Just listen. He took a knife and taking a hole of his dead concubine, he cut her corpse limb by limb up into 12 pieces. Mm. First of all, let me just stop right there and tell you how hard it is to cut up a body. Did you ever cut up a piece of meat and it's so dense, it took you a long time to do it? A lot of times that's what butchers do. It, they have to use electric tools to cut up large pieces of meat. Now imagine trying to cut a body with a knife. Mm. Nevertheless, one of the laws is don't touch no dead body. Just saying. Anyway, so he cut her up. He cut her corpse up limb by limb and he cut it into 12 pieces and he sent her body parts throughout the territory of Israel. My goodness. Mm. So each brother, each line of Israel got a body part. Some got a head, an arm, a hand, a foot, an ankle. Yeah, that's what they got. And all who saw the dismembering parts said, nothing like this has ever been seen from the day that the sons of Yashorel came up out of the land of Egypt to this day. Consider it. Take counsel. And speak your minds. So now people's pissed off. They see this and they, it's terrible. So they, they must know it's from the Levite. Uh-huh. Mm, so now they pissed. They mad. Now I'm on um, chapter 20. Still on the Amplified. Resolve to punish the guilty. When all the sons of Israel from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, including the land of Gilead, came out and the congregation assembled, they power to assemble, as one man to the Most High at Mizpah. So now they're congregating, they're assembling to pray to the Most High to find out what to do. Uh-huh. So you already know, I already pointed out all the sins that happened. I already pointed out all the sins that happened, so you already know what, what to expect what's going to happen now. The chiefs of all the people of all the tribes of Yasharel presented themselves in an assembly of the people of the Most High. 400,000 men on foot drew the sword. Now the Benjamites in whose territory the crime was committed heard that the other tribes of the sons of Yasharel had gone up to Mizpah. And the sons of Israel said, how did this evil thing happen? So the Levite who cut her up and they wanted to have sex with him. The husband of the woman who was murdered replied and said, excuse me, replied, I had come with my concubine to spend the night in Gibeah, a town which belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. But the men of Gibeah rose up against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me, but instead they raped my concubine so brutally that she died. Mm. Let me take my water, honey. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I took my concubine and cut her corpse in pieces and sent her body parts throughout the land of the inheritance of Yasharel. 
for the men of Gibeah have committed a lewd and disgraceful act in Israel. And they have. <laughs> now then, all you sons of Israel, all of you. Hold on. Give me a minute. Okay. I'm just highlighting how many came and assembles 400,000. Now then, all of you sons of Israel, all of you, give your advice and counsel here regarding what should be done. Then all the people stood unified as one man. They all assembled, okay? And they all said, saying none of us will go out of this tent and none of us will return to this home until this is settled. They're ready to fight. But now this is the thing which we should do to Gilead. We will go up by lot against it. And we will take 10 men out of 100 through the tribes of Israel and 100 out of 1,000 and 1,000 out of 10,000 to bring provisions to the men so that they could come to Gibeah of Benjamin. They may punish them for all of the despicable acts that they committed in, in, in Israel. So all the men of Israel assembled against the city, united as one man. So they was all on one united uh, front together, assembly. That's how powerful, you know, um, one of um, Yasharel's power is to assemble and be together. But no, they keep um, uh, fighting amongst themselves. Anyway. Then the tribes of Israel sent men through the entire tribe of Benjamin saying, what is this evil thing that has been done among you? Now, therefore, turn over the men involved and, excuse me, the worthless and wicked men in Gibeah so that they may be put to death and remove this wickedness from Israel. Let me tell you what the Benjamin said. The Benjamites said. But the Benjamites would not listen to the voice of their brothers and sons of Israel. Then the tribe of the sons of Benjamin gathered from the cities of Gibeah to go down to battle against the rest of the sons of Israel. Child. Uh. And the Benjamites assembled out of their cities at that time, um, 26,000 men who drew the sword beside the inhabitants of Gibeah. So, who assembled 700 chosen men out of all the people who were, excuse me, out of all the people were 700 choice. Left-handed men that each one could sling stones at a target no wider than a hair and not miss. Mm. So they're ready to fight and defend the nonsense that they did to this man. Yeah. Then the men of Israel, other than Benjamin, assembled 400,000 men. Did you hear what I said? 400,000 against 26,000. That's a slaughter. Anybody who never do math, that's a slaughter. And they all men. Okay. Then the men of Israel, other than Benjamin, I'm reading again. Then the men of Israel, other than Benjamin, um, assembled 400,000 men who drew the sword 
all were men of war. Mm -hmm. So now there's civil war that's getting ready to go down because the Benjamites is being wicked heathen from the devil. Not all of them, but a certain amount. But their brethren, who's the rest of the uh, Benjamites, they standing with them. What kind of nonsense is this? Anyway, verse 18. The men of Yasharel rose up and went to Bethel and asked the Most High and said, which one of us shall take the lead to battle against the sons of the tribe of Benjamin? And the Most High said, Judah will go up first. Then the fighting men of the sons of Israel rose up in the morning and camped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went up to battle against Benjamin and assembled in battle formation against them at Gibeah. The sons of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and struck to the ground that day 22,000 fighting men of Israel. But the people... The fighting men of Israel took courage and strengthened themselves and again set up their battle line in the same place where they formed the first day. The sons of Israel went up and went before the Most High in the evening and asked of the Most High, shall we advance again to battle against the sons of our brother Benjamin? And the Most High said, go up against them. So the sons of Israel came against the sons of Benjamin the second day. And the fighting men from the tribe of Benjamin went out to Gibeah, Gibeah, excuse me, again the second day and struck to the ground the sons of Israel, 18,000 men. So the Benjamites was winning, honey. All of whom were swordsmen. Then all the sons of Israel and all the people went up and came to Bethel and wept. And they sat before the Most High and fastened that day, excuse me, fast, fasted that day until evening. So that was a um, little fast that they had because they have to, they have to be pure to talk to the Most High. Intermittent fasting. So um, they fasted until uh, all that day into the evening, and then they offered a burnt offering to the Most High and a peace offering. Okay, so that's what they did because they need word from the Most High. And the sons of Israel inquired of now. When I say the sons of Israel, I mean every son, all the eleven sons, except for Benjamin, because the sons of Benjamin is the one who committed this act. Not all the sons of Benjamin, but a few of them. But the rest of the sons of Benjamin is coming to their aid. And they ain't no joke. But neither are the sons of uh, Israel, period. But they ain't winning right now. But anyway. So they, they offering um, offerings to the Most High. They fasting because they need a word from the Most High. So the sons of Israel inquired of the Most High for the Ark of the Covenant. Of the Most High was there in Bethel in those days. We're going to talk about the Ark of the Covenant and where it is. And, the, and Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministered, now you know these are the priests, before it in those days saying, shall I yet again go out to battle against the sons of my brother Benjamin or shall I quit? This is the sad thing. You see how the children of Israel is going against each other in murderous, disgusting, despicable ways? 
this is not supposed to happen in Israel. This is why the Most High is letting them be taken down by everybody. Because they just refuse to start walking right. And they got the Most High sitting right there. It's just disgusting. Once you start learning more about who you are, I'm talking to the children of Israel, and what your history is, child, you are not going to wonder why people getting shot down on the street, killed, all that. You're not going to wonder. Because the nonsense that went on throughout your life, it's nonsense. Yes, you will be paying for your father's sins. Even though the Most High at some point said, everybody's going to be paying for their own sins. You still, the Most High's word does not go void. So even though the Lord says that you will, even though he said he's not going to, and this um, this uh, perhaps means you're not going to pay for every sin, but those major ones that he choose to um, put on you, you're going to pay for those. So like I said, and Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministered before in, in those days saying, shall I yet again go to battle against my brother Benjamin or shall I quit? And the Most High said, go up for tomorrow. I will hand them over to you. Now, what was the difference between them going up there two other times when the Most High said, go there? One reason I could see is that they wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. They just kept praying. They wasn't, um, they probably didn't send a priest in there. They probably didn't fast and offer nothing. They probably didn't do nothing. They was just praying all oh, oh, oh. And most I say, you're going up there. So they fighting on each other and doing all kinds of stuff. Now they starting do, to do stuff like they supposed to. Send that Levite in there to talk to the most high, to, to pray to the most high. You fast, you meditate, you do everything you need to do. Then you talk to the most high and then he answer you. And he did. So Israel sent men to um, an ambush around Gibeah. The fighting men of the sons of Israel went up against the sons of Benjamin on the third day to place themselves in battle formation against Gibeah as at other times. The Benjamites went out against their army and were lured away from the city and they began to strike and kill some of the people as of other times on the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah, and in the open country, about 30 men of Israel. And, Be and the Benjamites said, they are defeated before us as the first time. You see how they gloating? But the sons of Israel said, let us flee and lure them away from the city. Because they had the advantage of the city. To the highways. Then all the men of Israel got up from their places and placed themselves in battle formation at Baal Tamar. And the men of Israel who were in ambush rushed from their place in the main Marabega. Then 10,000 choice fighting men from all Israel came against Gibeah. The battle was hard and fierce. Mm, 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 mm. Fighting, them, fighting against each other. That's just like brothers and cousins tearing each other apart for something dumb. It's terrible. But the Benjamins did not realize um, that disaster was about to strike them. Mm. And the Most High struck down the tribe of Benjamin before Israel so that the sons of Israel destroyed 25,000 
100 men of Benjamin that day. The bad thing is about that. Only a handful of them went in there and tore that woman up and, and actually lusted after the men. Only a handful of people did that. But their brethren supported the heathenism that they was um, doing. And that's what put them in it too. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the most high struck down. The most high struck them down. As you know, the children of Israel didn't strike down their brethren. The most high did it. What did the most high say? Vengeance is mine. I'm going to tell you another thing too. As the children of Israel knew this was wrong, they didn't leave it up to the Most High first. They all planned all this and then went up there to fight. Then they started asking the Most High. That's probably why the Most High didn't move. You come to me first because vengeance is mine. It's not yours. That's what's happening today. Everybody want to do vengeance. But if you if somebody killed somebody you know, you turn around and kill somebody they know, and it keeps going back and forth, y'all all getting it because the Most High said vengeance is mine. Getting back to what I was saying. So the sons of Israel destroyed uh, 25,100 men of Benjamin that day, but the Most High did it. All of whom were swordsmen. It says swordsmen, but you know. So the Benjamites realized that they were defeated. The men of Israel gave ground to the Benjamites because they replied, excuse me, because they relied on the men in ambush whom they placed against Gibeah. Then the men in ambush quickly rushed and attacked Gibeah. And the men um, in the ambush who deployed and struck the entire city with the edge of the sword. Now, the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the, and the men in ambush that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise from the city. So the men of Israel turned in battle and Benjamin began to strike and kill about 30 men of Israel. For they said, certainly they are defeated before us in the first battle. But when the signal cloud began to rise out of the city in a column of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them and behold, the entire city went up in smoke to heaven. When the men of Israel turned back again, the men of the Benjamites were terrified for they saw that disaster had fallen upon them. Therefore, they turned their backs before the men of Israel and fled toward the direction of the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But the battle followed and overtook them as the fighting men of the sons of Benjamin ran among them. The rest of Yasharel of the cities came out to destroy them. You see? Uh, they surrounded the men of Benjamin, pursued them relentlessly and overtook them opposite Gibeah toward the east. Thus, 18,000 men of the Benjamites fell. Mm -hmm. just because they didn't want to reprimand the few men that committed this atrocity. You see what happens? You are uh, you are accessory to the crime. Most I ain't having it. Okay. Thus, 18,000 men of the Benjamites fell, all of these brave men and able warriors. Most I was like, y'all, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all up. The survivors of the Benjamites turned and fled toward the wilderness of the Rock of Rimmon, and Yasharel caught 5,000 of them on the roads and overtook them at Gibeon and killed 2,000 of them. Oof, yeah. 
So all of Benjamin who fell that day, all of Benjamin who fell that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword, all of them brave and able warriors. You see the nonsense of it all? But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the Rock of Rimmon and stayed at the Rock of Rimmon for four months. Yeah. The men of Israel turned back against the tribe of the sons of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword. Both the entire city of Gibeah and the livestock and all that they found, they also set on fire all the surrounding towns which they found. Mm. Let me tell you something. When the Most High said go down and tear stuff up, that's what you better do. You don't play no games, baby. You don't play no games. And as you know, the whole Yasharel, with the exception of Benjamin, went in on Benjamin for the nonsense that they did. That's what we should be doing to Yasharel. We should be gathering our kids that ain't acting right and whooping their behinds. That's what we should do. Because the assembly is your power, children of Israel. All these kids that's acting up today, they turn around, they shooting people because they don't like the answers that they give them. We should be whooping their behinds. There are so many scriptures in and out of that Bible that say you should be um, uh, rebuking your kids by whooping their behind. Uh-huh. That's what it means. If they was being disciplined when they was kids and stopped following around the other nations, which is what's been happening since day one, then your kids will be acting right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on um, 21, which is the last one. The um, chapter 21. Morning of the Lord's tribe. This is the sad thing. Now the men of Israel has sworn an oath at Mizpah. None of us shall give his daughter in marriage to a man of Benjamin. Child ain't going in. So that the people came to Bethel and sat before the Most High until evening and lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. Now, nobody wants to fight their brother and sister. Nobody wants to fight their cousin. Nobody wants to fight the people they grew up with, they loved, they nurtured, they supported, they shared things with, they shared secret with, um, secrets with, they stood together in battle with. Nobody wants to fight. But when somebody is acting like a dead-born fool and they don't want to repent, what do you do? I'm going to leave that question to everybody who's listening because I'm sure there's somebody who loves somebody and they ain't acting right. And no matter what you do and you know better and you're trying to do everything for this person, they just refuse to act right and they continue to show they behind. What do you do? I want you to think about that. Now I'm going to move on. So the people came to Bethel and sat before the Most High. And I know I read it already, but I'm going to do it again. Until evening, and they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. Wept bitterly, sorry. They said, O Yah, our Elohim of Yasharel, why has this come about in Israel? That there should be today one tribe missing from Israel. And the next day, the people got up early and built an orphan. and built an altar I don't know why I'm getting tongue tied there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings then the children of Israel said which one from all the tribes of Israel did not come up 
in the assembly to the Most High, but they have taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to the Most High at Mitzvah, saying, he shall certainly be put to death. And the sons of Israel felt sorry and had compassion for their brother Benjamin and said, one tribe has been cut off from Israel today. What shall we do for the wives of those who are left? Since we have sworn an oath by the Most High that we will not get give any of our daughters as wives. So that now they have a conundrum. Okay. Provision for their survival. And they said, which one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to Mitzvah to the Most High? Now, there was a lot of other people, even though there was 400,000 that came up to fight, it wasn't all of Israel that came up. So now they look, if they made an oath to the Most High, you're supposed to keep that oath. So many, many of them that was there told the Most High, we ain't giving our um, daughters to them so that they can make more Benjamites. We ain't giving it to them. You cannot go back on your word. You cannot go back on your word. So they looking for the rest of Yasharel that didn't come for war. Okay, so that's what's happening. I'm going to read it again. Eight. We're on um, Judges 21, eight. Remember, I'm reading the whole chapters, those last three chapters. Again, provision for their survival. And they said, which one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to Mitzvah to the Most High? And behold, it was discovered that no one had come to the camp from Jezbeth Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were assembled, behold, there was not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead there. And the congregation sent 12,000 of the most courageous men there and commanded them saying, hold on. Go and strike in the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the sword, including the women and the children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male, every woman who is not a virgin. And they found among the inhabitants of Gibeash, Gibeash Gilead, four, hold on, 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately. Mm -hmm. And they brought them to the camp of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole congregation sent word to the surviving sons of Benjamin who were at the Rock of Rimmon and proclaimed peace to them. So now it's time for peace. We didn't whoop you down to the ground. We're not going to get rid of you 100%. The most high, no, the most high don't want nobody to die. He don't. But you taking your free will and you acting like a donkey's behind, you're going to get what you get. Anyway, then the whole congregation sent word to the surviving sons of Benjamin who were at the Rock of Remen and proclaimed peace to them. So the survivors of Benjamin returned at that time and they gave them the women whom they kept alive from the women of Gibbish Gilead. But there were not enough to provide wives to them. And the people were sorry and had compassion for the survivors of the tribe of Benjamin because the Most High had made a gap in the tribes of Israel. Now, 
I'm going to say this. We almost finished, but I'm going to say this. You see how they keep saying the most high did it? Because he said, vengeance is mine. Vengeance ain't yours. Vengeance wasn't theirs. They already knew vengeance wasn't theirs. Because when they went to fight, as you could see, if they wasn't um, praying to the most high and there wasn't nobody there to um, be an intercessor, they didn't win. Even among their own brethren. Uh-huh. So know that the um, um, even today, vengeance is the most highs, especially to the children of Israel. Vengeance is not yours. Vengeance is the most high. Now, I'm not saying don't defend yourself now. But vengeance ain't yours. You better pray for vengeance. The most high say you can pray for vengeance. How long, most high? How long is this going to happen? We are praying for vengeance. You said we could pray for vengeance for um, Father Yah, and we are praying. Most high say you can pray for vengeance. Mm hmm all right. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for the wives of those men who are left since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? I already told you they destroyed everything, tore everything up because they didn't want to get rid of a little bit of people that came over there and was starting acting like savages. Heathens, that's what they was acting like. Then they said there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin so the tribe will not be wiped out from Israel. But we cannot give them our wives from our daughters. For the sons of Israel has sworn an oath to the Most High, curse be, curse is he who gives a wife to a man from this tribe of Benjamin. They could not go back on their word. So they couldn't give their um, wives. So they gave another land's wives. So they said, listen, there is a yearly feast to the Most High at Sh Shiloh which is one on the north side of Bethel. On the east side of the highway goes up from Bethel to Shechem and the south side of Lebanoah. So they instructed the sons of Benjamin saying, go set an ambush in the vineyards and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out and dance in the dances, then you shall come out of the vineyards and each of you shall catch his wife from the daughters of Shiloh and go to the land of the tribe of Benjamin. When their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we shall say to them, give them to us voluntarily because we, do, we did not take a wife for each man of Benjamin in battle, nor did you give wives to them for what would have made you guilty of breaking your oath for that would have made you guilty even though it doesn't say that it says what i just said for that would have made you guilty of breaking your oath so the sons of the tribe of benjamin did as instructed and took wives according to their number from the dancers to whom they carried away and they went and turned to their inheritance and rebuilt the town and lived in them the sons of Israel departed from there at that time, each man to his own tribe and his family. And each man went where his inheritance was. I'm going to say something after this. In those days when the judges were governed, there was no king in Israel. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now, let me say something. Let me just say something. Let me say two things. Number one, you see how it says every man did what he wanted to? Basically, every man did what was right in his own eyes. Nine times out of time, ten, 
you when you think you're doing right in your own eyes, you are not doing right. So we already understand that the Benjamites committed a great sin. Had they been humble enough to get rid of the small amount of brethren that committed that crime, they would not have fallen into that. You see how things, situations could get out of control? But even through those situations, the Most High gives you a choice. A choice to be humble and follow what the Most High said or be a butthole and rock with the one that's evil and you're going to get what you get. The children of Israel got a whole lot of learning to do. They got a whole lot of lessons to learn and they still haven't learned them yet. And as you see here, the children of Israel, they still showing their behind when the Most High is right there. Now, soon the Most High is going to leave. Okay. As you know, they've been um, going into bondage through these other little um, cities around them. This is why Judges is the way it is. Because they've been going into bondage because they keep following these heathen nations. So the Most High let them go into bondage. Because the heathen nations really don't like them. It's the same thing here. They just want to use you for your um, clout. And today is clout, but yesterday is resources. Whatever you could give them. Uh-huh. Most high say you ain't supposed to be mixing and mixing and mingling with them. You ain't supposed to be all with them, rocking with them, um, um, uh, indulging in their culture. None of that. Nevertheless, they keep doing it. And you see what they get? You see the travesty that happened here among their own brethren? Enough is enough. Leave the devil alone because the devil is the devil. The devil is the devil. The devil's never going to be nothing else but the devil. The, never, the devil's never going to be good. The, never, the devil's never going to give nobody no mercy. The devil's never going to overlook a thing. The devil is never going to have a chance when he's given anybody anything that does not um, serve his own best interests. When I say the devil's going to be the devil, that's all he's going to be. And now that you know, children who's listening to me, all the children that's listening to me. Now that you know the devil's going to always be the devil, stop messing with the devil. Because even dibbing and dabbing in the devil's um, actions, in the devil's realm, in the devil's um, thoughts and feelings that you may uh, come across in your mind. When you turn around and you start following him, you're going to get exactly what you deserve. And the Most High is not going to feel one way about it. Not one way. And you're going to deserve it because you know better. The Most High gave us too many tools, too many, for us to be falling in the pitfalls of the devil. Nevertheless, throughout the whole scriptures, in that Bible and outside that Bible, people still kept being stupid. And when you choose to follow the devil, you're going to get what you get. So choose ye this day who you're going to follow and stick with that person. Not person, but stick with that one. You either going to the left with the devil, you going right with the most high. It is what it is. With that, I hope that this lesson edified you. I hope that you are learning something. It is my pleasure to do this. It really is simply because I'm tired of the nonsense. 
I want you to learn something. I want you to be there. I want you to turn from your wicked ways. I want you to follow the most high. I want you to meditate in his word. I want you to read the Bible. I want the Ruach to be in you. I want you to hear what the Ruach is saying. I want to be in assembly with my brethren. Both lots. Okay? So with that, I say enjoy your Shabbat. And until next time. Hi, trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. To hear the word of truth of the Most High. But you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks.